Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I mean, they did whatever they wanted. They double parked in front of a waitrose. Nobody ever gave them a ticket. In the summer, when they played croquet all night, nobody ever called the police. It was a glorious time. The Tories were all over the place. There was Rishi Rich, Mickey Smiths, and then there was the Bullingdon crew, Honest Johnson, and his guys, the Dominator, and make your life hell, Patel. And then there was Matty Wanksock. Um, yeah, there's a reason I went on Agnes Celebrity, and the reason is because of the money. And then you had Brains. Opening up new pork markets. And Red Tony. Yeah, but just let me say one thing. No. And the Piggy Fiddler, who got his nickname because he once put his penis in a dead pig's garb, allegedly. For us, to live any other way was nuts those goody-good people who work shitty jobs for bum paychecks and took the bus to work every day, worried about their bills, were dead. They were suckers. They had no balls. If we needed money, we just claimed it on expenses. Or we made cuts to welfare. The police. Or the NHS. It didn't matter. We ran everything. But now, it's all over. The Piggy Fiddler broke the nation's balls. Honest Johnson got ratted out. And then Brains whacked the pound. Now, I'm just your average backbencher. I get to spend the rest of my career on GB News. Welcome to Free State, everybody. Um, Joe, how... How long have you been living in this hotel? <laughs> I'm leaving you, you cow. Um, uh, we were having coffee before this, and the manager of the hotel has brought over coffee for myself and Dio. And we say, I mean, they, they just treat me like a, you know, I mean, that's, I'm like, it's, it's like, it's like being in a family home. That's how they treat me. Was, I've been here since April. But the yeah. manager, the manager was chatting to me and Dio, and Dio said, how, does, um, how do you get on with him in the hotel? And he says, he complained trenchantly. What did he say? Relentlessly. He complains, he relentless he complaining. Relentlessly. <laughs> like Larry Dave. I like, ring Big Dave and say, Big Dave, this Netflix isn't working properly. Is there something wrong with the Wi-Fi? 
She was half living at night. <laughs> I said, the pictures there of various faults. She was like, what, what the hell's what's going on here? I think, I think, comparing like a family is, uh, is, is up. He did say that you, uh, he did also say that you, you, you've been mentioned in some, 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 some meetings. <laughs> And I did. That's hilarious. Getting mentioned at the board meetings. I think but, you know. So I did think of Alan right. Partridge. You know, it's yeah. obviously a much. Uh, it's a far superior to the than the than our, our is travel uh, the travel tavern. But yeah. uh, you know, when he when he tells you know when he's finally moving out, you will be. I'm leaving. Yeah, and nobody's nobody has graffitied my car. No. The, but I'm living here obviously because the uh, I've been privileged to be instructed for ten of the families. In the in Stardust, and we had, you know, it's just an unbelievably poignant day today. Uh, and I mentioned this before as well that you know it does remind me. I was at the Hillsborough inquest in in Warrington in 2014, which uh, I know Stardust has taken a lot of. Uh, it's modelling from and how that was done. Yeah. Um, I'm saying I've been very, very impressed. But how how long did you? I was only I only there? I spent a couple of days up there. I went up and back, but uh, a couple of days and 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 just. Um, but again, it like the, the similarities are are huge because you know there are all those stories of uh, people going to the, people going to the match. Almost on a because you could you could go to a match on a on a whim then, yeah. you know, and uh, you could go. You just go you for, just the, go, you go for you, a day's you, crack. You go for a day's crack, and you and could go. Not, you know. And they were all young, like the the, the you know it, it, oh, the, the uh, and the, and also that sense of it being, um, it being, it was there that the, the the signs were there that this was going to happen. You know, like this had happened at Hillsborough before. It had, it had, you know, they're, they're some like they're. Uh, yeah, they were getting close. To, they were the, the, like the, you know, close like to the a few years beforehand. Um, uh, like Tottenham had played there in, a, in an FA Cup semi final, and one of the supporters had written, I think, to the FA saying how dangerous it was, um, all this kind of stuff. But then the fact that it was, you know, that that uh, just that that view. Um, that view of of football supporters as as uh, the enemy, and sort of animals, and bringing it on yeah, themselves, yeah, yeah, all and that all stuff, that vile all, sort yeah. of stuff from and the sun. The sun also that came out attacks, after. Yeah, that sort yeah. of, let's let's call it the sort of the, that sort of Braverman stuff. Yeah, yeah, and and but, but also, but also, yeah, and it did. It's what you mentioned, Braverman, because it did tap in, and it tap into. We didn't. They didn't call them culture, and it was again more substantial mm-hmm. cultural war. But there was this sense. Uh, of, you know, a community that they could attack, because, you know, uh, you know, the Sun printed that story. Calvin McKenzie printed that story. Um, there was uh, you, you, that you, was advanced you in certain quarters. You, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get away with that here. No, but but like, like, can I say people would be so outraged and horrified no, no. that you just wouldn't get away with. But it, but the know? similarity is the other similarity as well is between. Uh, Stardust, and you talk, you know, in the families and that sense of community and that sense of unity, and that was the thing that ha- that came, not just from the the Hillsborough families, but they were central to it, but from the whole city of Liverpool, like that was the thing, and they never they never broke in that unity, 
and it was funny. We might play the clip of it. The uh, the um, the Liverpool, the Everton chairman Bill Kenwright, who died recently, and he made that fantastic speech at one of the made a fantastic speech at one of the anniversaries. Uh, and he was, you know, the chairman of Everton, but he was yeah. a huge figure on Merseyside. And he talked to the he talked at Anfield. He came and addressed the they had they had a service every year. And he talked about the, the the Hillsborough families and the fight they kept kept up. And he talked about the mothers because all these, you know, mm-hmm. this is the tragedy. All these these were all young, you know, mainly young boys going to a football match, and their mothers were left to fight for justice. It's, it's really, these were, I mean, these 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 were all kids too. And, and Bill Kenwright, we'll play this because it was amazing. He said they picked on the wrong city, and they picked on the wrong mums. There were two words that were mentioned an awful lot and resonated to me hugely. And I think, to me, they're the two most important words in the English language. Certainly to people from Liverpool, they're the two most important words in the English language. The words were, me mum. And all of us here are lucky enough. Some of us have got our mums behind, beside us, but we've all got mums. And I saw your banner on Saturday at Reading saying, you've taken on the wrong city. Well, you've taken on the wrong mums too, because we all know about Liverpool mums and the way they fight for their kids and their family. For me, the the, the parallels are, I mean, one of the the sort of striking parallels is that it would have been easier, it would have been a lot easier, you know, to make football grounds safe and it would have been a lot cheaper and it would be a lot easier to have just left the Stardust safe. And... You know, the, the, the fact that so many, right, about 22 people died within a sort of a 15-foot arc of emergency exits, four and five, mm-hmm. because they, they, were, they were feet, five, six, seven feet away, but just couldn't get out. And very like Hillsborough, you know, where people were desperately trying to drag people over those railings, you know, those railings mm-hmm. that were coming up and then pointing back towards you so that you were underneath the railings and behind them. And people, you know, their lives being saved, you could see it happening. This yeah. person's going to live now. You know, uh, all these things that we're talking about, Braverman, the, you know, what's happening in, in, in the UK, America and Israel, you know, it's a contempt for your fellow man. And, and I think that the media has played a very, very central role in that. The way the media has been, has been bought you know, the way it's been sort of, you know, controlled by the advertisers, uh, by by the, the oligarchs who own the media. And, you know, I, I keep coming back to the point that we have got to guard against these things really zealously. We have got to have absolute respect for the rule of law, absolute respect for the courts. That's why I don't like Simon Harris and people like that. And I like Simon attacking the courts attacking the law, for example, in relation to defamation. So you say, well, it's having a chilling effect. Sinn Féin are using this. And that's, that's well and good, right? They are, they are using the law of the land, just in the same way as many Fine Gael, many Fine Foyle people have, have sued various outlets over the last 20 years. You know, that is the law of the land. Now, you want to change the law of the land, then you do that through uh, the Oroctus. You know, you do it via democratic vote. You draft it up. If it's passed, then it's passed. Then the, all the courts do, 
All the courts do is to police the laws to make sure they don't infringe any other laws to make sure that they comply with our legal obligations um, internationally and then interpret the law. You know, so I do not like to see a tax on a tax on the law of the land. Well, I, I, um, I take that point. Uh, you know, we've disagreed about defamation. I mean, we may, we may think that the, that, the, that the libel laws are far too generous to, to litigants, for example, or particularly to people who have a lot of money and who can afford to frighten a journalist, you know, or, or frighten anyone with, by, by serving proceedings on them. But we we have to, and our, our politicians have to have respect for the law. Well, I also think you know you, you're you're a politician in a, in, a, in a party that's been in government for quite a while. You could actually just change the law, and like there's no question um, that the defamation laws need to be changed because the uh, burden of proof it's it, it's it's on it's on the defendant to the degree that when you know if if you say if you say uh, you know, certain, you know, Miss, Mr. A had a meeting with Mr. B, and you, you get a letter from billionaire Mr. A saying, uh, this suggests the that... Billionaire. The billionaire is the word, but like, you know, squash that fly type of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it says, you, yeah. you in, in this article where you said I had a meeting with Mr. B, you have, mm-hmm. you, you're, you're now suggesting, and you get these letters, and they're, they're beautifully, they're beautifully yeah, crafted, but, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, uh, elegantly written works and and you read it and you go did i say that is that what i was saying but that then becomes almost the accepted truth which you have to disprove and that's that's the huge problem well, with just the with law. You know, just, if, you, no, if you don't if you don't yeah, defame anybody no, you know no, it's but fine it's not, but that's what the defamation the burden of proof you have to prove that you haven't defamed them in that situation and it's very hard but this is this is why you i agree with you like and uh, you know, and I, I, you, See, will, you, accu- pick, you, you will accuse me of you know attacking Sinn Fein for whatever reason, but and but I am saying I am saying that I would agree with you but in this you'll, situation. You'll attack them whether I accuse you of that or not. <laughs> no, no, stop holding my hand. <laughs> I will continue to You're attack like Sinn um, I will. I will continue <laughs> on to on at, at every opportunity. No, but I would actually <laughs> agree with you that I think uh, this is an example of one of those situations where. Um, while I would agree with the points, I would agree with uh, somebody saying that Sinn Féin shouldn't be doing this or Sinn Féin politicians shouldn't be doing this. I don't think politicians should be su- suing uh, journalists. I don't think journalists should be suing journalists. Um, but I think it's uh, right, right, it's, okay. it's something it's something that this is clearly, you know, change, change the fucking law. Don't be giving out about Sinn Féin doing it change the law and do something. Mm. This is this is opportunism to attack Sinn Féin about it when you actually have the power Look, to change the defamation let's, laws. Let's, but let's talk about Britain today. Yeah, I thought you wanted to talk about one of our favourite people in this podcast. We hope to have one in your course. Suella Breverman and, um, and what she exemplifies. Well, you see, I want to go back to this because we talked about this on Tuesday and what has happened in England. And it is a really interesting... Because, you know, I, I left England in 2016 and now there'll be lots of people who would feel this is a simplified version of it, but it was, it was, it's a pretty normal, it was, I left in March 2016 and all, <laughs> all seemed normal, everything seemed mm. pretty normal. Mm. Uh, well, you know, you talk about when, we, when, when, when you... The condition, from, the condition that you were in when you left England, no, no, I was almost fine. anything, would, no, no, almost I was anything fine would have seemed normal. I was fine then. Uh, but uh, no, it was um, you know there were there were 
to a certain extent there was there was seri- there were serious people uh, or less unserious people running things and you know the Brexit campaign was was happening at that it's stage really, really nosedived but it had, but but Brexit but what what is extraordinary about this and I was going back and looking at this and looking at the formation of and we know we know an awful lot about you know how the media demonized the EU and all this but there is also a sense uh of and we talked about this on on Tuesday's show about Boris Johnson and that sense of never wanting to take anything too seriously or never being really engaged or feeling that there was there was something well, boring that's because he doesn't care about but other people. but but i think there's also a, a sense and i anyway i want to come back start well, why why, because, sit, why sit down and patiently construct a policy for the good of people but but yeah Listen, just let me finish okay when you don't care about those people no, well, it no, doesn't no, make no. any difference to you sure sure if you can have an easy win from it and you can do something simply that isn't that overly taxing <laughs> and you can make an announcement of course you could then make the opposite announcement the next day but i mean but, but the, the, Joe, the, let me finish the point I want to make about this because I think this started a long time ago with Britain and it goes back, you know, to when that Eurosceptic idea took hold and developed and it developed in the wake of Thatcher resigning and John Major coming in uh, and the Maastricht Treaty being the starting point and this idea of Europe as the enemy. And I was looking, I was looking back over that period uh, ahead of the podcast and I found a, a quote from uh, Kim Darroch who was a foreign office diplomat when John Major emerged from the Maastricht negotiations and got a deal which gave Britain a number of opt-outs and this sense of Britain always being sort Spe- of special special and different and sort of slightly at, at great great Britain uh, slightly at an angle with the rest of, of Europe and this quote uh Reminded me very much of somebody we've been talking a lot about. It's, it's a, he said, it felt that we were building a kind of model to British exceptionalism. A kind of, it felt that we were building a kind of model to British exceptionalism in the new European landscape, that we were able to have it both ways. Now, who was it who came up with cakeism? The idea that having your cake and eating it. Cakeism. cake-ism. I've never heard that before. That was Boris Johnson. He was pro. Pro, uh, pro having your cake and pro eating. It was one of his little, one of his little witticisms. So again, he never had to, he never had to make a hard decision. But, but the interesting thing about this is that that was that was his that was his personality and his character. But it was also, it was also something that developed from Maastricht in 1991, 1992, for, I, I get that, but, for but 25 years. I, I get that. And, you know, then it was an easy sell. This was, you know, Britain's been overrun and, you know, Great Britain and we can go back to being great again and we can be a powerhouse and we can, you know, we can, we can do all these weird things like cut taxes but improve the, the lot of, of people in society. All these fantasies. But the essential quality, the essential quality of the modern Tory party is shamelessness. Mm. The Times let you go after you made up a quote. Why did you make up a quote? Well, uh, this, this again, you know, these are these are these are big terms for what happened. Why well, I can tell you the whole thing. I mean, it was, it, it, I think our, you know, I think you, you, you sure our viewers wouldn't want to hear more about well, housing. Right. If you don't, if you don't want to talk, about, I will tell you. Talk I, what happened was that um, I ascribed events uh, that were supposed to have taken place before. 
the death of Piers Gaveston to events that actually took yes. place after the death you of Piers Gaveston. You made something up. Let me ask you well, about another little... I mean, uh, I mildly sandpapered right. something somebody Let me ask said, you about a yes, barefaced lie. very embarrassing. Then. I'm very sorry about Let it. Let me ask you about a barefaced lie. When right. you were in Michael Howard's team, you denied to him you were having an affair. Uh, it turned out you were. And he sacked you for that. Why did you lie to your party? Well, I mean, again, I mean, with great respect, on, on that, um, I never had any conversation with Michael Howard about that matter, and, uh, you know, I don't... You did propose, lie Well, you know, I don't propose to go into all that again. I, 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 I don't I, blame I you. I, no, well, why should I? Uh, why programme, don't we talk about something else? The, well, this is about your integrity. Okay. The programme includes your reaction as you listen to a phone call in which your friend, Darius Guppy, asks you to supply the address of a journalist yes. so that he can have him physically assaulted. The words beaten up and broken ribs are said to yes. you. And you, having heard that, you tell your friend, Darius Guppy, you will supply the address. What does that say about you, Boris Johnson? Well, Aren't you, in fact, making up quotes, lying to your party leader, Wanting to be part well, of uh, yeah. someone being physically assaulted, you're a nasty piece of work, aren't you? Well, I, you know, Eddie, I think, I think, all, all three things I would, I would dispute. But even Conrad Black, your friend, mm. I forget, con convicted fraudster, even he says he doesn't trust you completely. I hadn't, I hadn't seen that Conrad had said that, but obviously. Um, you know, I've, I've, nonetheless, I've got a great admiration for Conrad, right. uh, who, um, in my view, is a, a, a pretty good journalist. You know, uh, the, the, the essential quality for any human being who has, you know, who, who has concern for others and who has, you know, who, who, who is interested in society and people's well-being is a sense of shame. You know, you feel a sense of shame. Whether it's you know in in personal relationships, or 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 in your wider community, you know, if you, you know where the line is, and when you go over that line, if you don't feel a sense of shame, then mm. er, er, you can you can you can you can pass go and join the Tory party, and you know we we see this very vividly now in in America with. You know the rise of this lunatic, which used to be a fringe. You know, it used to be that sort of the Boston Tea Party fringe. This lunatic sort of Republican Party now, which is scary mm. and capable of almost anything. And as you continue to smash through those barriers of decency, and of honesty and integrity, and 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 all of these people are promoted who are shameless. You know that was that was for me, the the most important thing that came out of the COVID inquiry, the absolute shamelessness of these people. You know, Pretty Patel, Suella Braverman, Boris, Dominic Cummings, no personal responsibility taken for anything. You know, could quite easily attack anybody without any loyalty whatsoever. I mean, Suella Braverman was hardly out the door. I mean, imagine her being made the Home Secretary of anything. Yeah. The secretary of anything, <laughs> but she was hardly out the door where she, when she was attacking Rishi Sunak. You know, and I trusted you. That was what her letter said. <laughs> I trusted you, and you know, again, they used to say they used to be a saying that that the the, the 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 right looked for converts while the left looked for traitors. But it actually, it's it's all to do with any fundamentalist, like. The entire right wing of the Tory party, which is, you know, such a, the, the, the majority of it today, um, 
is constantly on the lookout for betrayal. It is always on the because betrayal is again when you talk about when you talk about things like personal responsibility and just a, a, a shamelessness. If you can accuse people of betrayal, it's a, it's a it's a great cop out. And her letter, her letter to Rishi Sunak was one of the great letters of mm-hmm. let me create this sense of you. Here are you now. A, a, a traitor to yeah. the things we. But you know what really galls me to what really galls me is, no matter how unsavory. You know, and they're seriously unsavory. All of them, no matter mm. how unsavory, they are. Once they get this promotion, you know, because precisely because they are unsavory and prepared to say anything. I mean, like, uh, you know, Robert Jendrick, he, after after the Supreme Court unanimously, all five judges. Ruled that the Rwanda, that the Rwanda, the new Rwanda legal scheme was completely unlawful, right? Robert Chen went on to the BBC and said, "We won." He's like, "What? We won!" And that is now precisely the quality that's required to just lie cleverly, James cleverly, Pretty Patel, Sue they will quite literally say anything that they're told to say. Individual conscience is irrelevant. I mean, Keir Starmer this week warned his shadow cabinet members that if any of them voted in favour of a ceasefire, they would be sacked. Mm. If you vote for a ceasefire, the cessation of the mass bombing and shooting of defenceless civilians, you will be sacked. And that is an example a very vivid example of how corrupted politics is becoming. And that's our closest neighbour. And I worry very much when I see Micheál Martin, see Fianna Fáil inviting, you know, the vile, the vile hate-filled, because that's what she is. She's a hate-filled person, you know, who, who doesn't appear to have any moral code whatsoever. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Inviting her to the Ardèche, sitting her in, in, the, in, in the VIP seats, Miho Martin traveling to Israel to take part in you know, or if he if he wasn't doing it willingly, he certainly looked as though he was wearing his IDF top. You know, being being toured around, sort of what looked very much like you know uh, he was a prop 
in an Israeli propaganda play, you know, which was then transmitted out. Um, Michal told them that he stood with Israel and all the rest of it. I mean, it's just so soul-destroying and corrupting. Um, I mean, what is that? You, you explain that to me. I, I really, genuinely, I could not believe it. I mean, at the back of the Stardust inquest, when the photos started to circulate, you could see people all looking around at each other. Hmm. Seriously. Seriously. I want, before we, I want to talk about, we'll just go I mean, back to what you said. Yes, about but it's moment. all part of this moral corruption. You know, why is it? Why is it? That 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 uh, you know slowly and steadily, throughout Europe, America, etc., etc., we have these leaders now in these political parties, who, and I think a big answer, a big answer to that question is that there is a lot of oligarchs' money now, a lot of lobby money mm. that's steering politicians in certain directions, and and increasingly, they're being they're they're being disconnected from the population, from the citizenry. And the citizenry really just becomes a pawn in their game. Well, the, everything is, you know, and this is the thing, and this is this is the extraordinary thing about uh, Britain, because, you know, a move from Europe being the bogey, bogeyman to anybody who, who got in the way moved the, it was a bogeyman. So we've had the enemies of the people in, uh, in, the, in the past with the courts, and we've had it again now with the Rwandan decision, and you had Lord Sumption, uh, who isn't some? Uh, well, uh, would, be de- you know, would be seen as a deeply conservative figure, you, but but an ingenious lawyer. Yeah, and he he des- he, sa- he describes what a the, great uh, name, Lord Sumption. Lord Sumption. Sumptuous, the sumptuous uh, Lord Sumption. Uh, so he, 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 if I was a lord, what would I call myself? What would what, what would my title be? Lord, lord Brawley of Lord Brawley of Benedict or something like that. Lord Brawley of Brawley of. It'd have to be something. Yeah, something grand. It would be grand. You'd have to go grand. You wouldn't. But we've sort of talked this before. Anyway, we can. We can. We we will work on that. We'll work on what you you call yourself. If if you ever, it's unlikely. Uh, Not you know. Not that you're not deserving. We're joined now by Lord Brawley. Lord Brawley has joined us. On the uh, now that now that RT are, are apparently going to lose the Sunday game, and it's going to be tendered out to the market. Is it? Yes. Lord Brawley could be back on television. (laughs) <laughs> just, just, just when you thought it was safe. Dun, 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 dun. Um, but he, Lord Sumption, not Lord Brawley, described Lord it. Uh, 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 he said that the, it was profoundly discreditable the plan to use a law to declare Rwanda as safe. He said it was constitutionally really quite extraordinary because he argued it would effectively overrule a decision on the facts, on the evidence by the highest court in the land. I've never heard of a situation in which par- Parliament intervenes to declare the facts, to change the facts from those that have been declared by the court yeah. to be correct. And uh, for Parliament simply to say the facts are different would be constitutionally really quite extraordinary. You are accused of describing the Rwanda system as batshit. Is that true? Did you say those words? Well, I think the Rwanda scheme is great. I think it's great. I think it's legal. We know it will be legal when we we change the law. And we fully respect the Supreme Court um, and we're addressing the problem. So the Supreme Court have said that Rwanda is an unsafe country. Well, what we're going to do is change the definition of unsafe 
country. And Rwanda is a safe country as long as you're not a critic of the government. Um, you know, if you're a critic of the government, you, you can end up in prison there for, for uh, well, uh, most, of, most of your life. Or, um, you know, if you, uh, you can be chased uh, out of the country and, and killed, but not if you don't criticise the government. So that to us, you know, that's, that, that is a safe, that is a safe country. And so um, we, we are happy to, to change that language and call it what it is. And it is that because we're saying it is, you know. Very happy to give you the time to answer the question I just asked you is, did you say that word? Well, Charlie, I don't know if I said that. I don't know if I said those words. But again, if I did say that, those are just words and words can be changed. And they are changing now as I speak to you because this is a conversation and conversation contain words that change all the time. And um, sometimes in a conversation, you override the other person. I'm not overriding you now, but, you know, we uh, if, if we were in a conversation with the Supreme Court, well, we've you know, we've over overridden them um, because uh, as much as we respect them, what the people want is to us to stop the boats and to stop the laws. So that's what we're doing. That's it, that's it in a nutshell. I mean, one of the things that's very striking about the UK Supreme Court judgment and the the, the Supreme Court, you know, uh, which, I, which I've appeared before, a very, very interesting experience, is that, you know, they are the last sort of gatekeepers. They're the last gatekeepers in society and they are they are the only thing, really. I mean, um, you know, if the Tories could do what the Grand Old Party in America is trying to do with the Republican Party, they would, that, that's what they're trying to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were delighted watching the, the riots at the Cenotaph, the attacks on the police officers by the far right, the EDL, who are now, who are now, you know, being described openly as patriots, English patriots. Mm. But the Supreme Court, and I've never seen this before, the Supreme Court was moved to say at paragraph two of their um, very elegant 56-page ruling, which no doubt you've read, Dio, in preparation for this podcast. They were moved to say at paragraph two, right. in this appeal, the court is required to decide whether the Rwanda policy is lawful. This is a legal question. The court must decide it on the basis of evidence and the established legal principles. This court is not concerned with the political debate surrounding the policy, and nothing in this judgment should be regarded as supporting or opposing any political view of the issues. And this is because the Supreme Court has been roundly attacked by the Tories when they said, for example, that Parliament had been un unlawfully prorogued. Yeah. Um, you know, it was open season on, in the media. Um, again, it's been open season in the media by the Tories in relation to the Supreme Court. And what they would what they would attempt to do should they, should they somehow manage to remain in power, which I think is extremely unlikely at this point and probably impossible, you know, the long-term plan will be to dismantle the independence of the Supreme Court because you've got to dismantle it. So in the same way that the US Supreme Court has been thoroughly infiltrated by billionaire money, dark money, as very, um, very sort of clearly illustrated by Sheldon Whitehouse, the senator from Maine, his, his crusade in relation to the corrupting of the Supreme Court. I mean, that, that's, 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 that's the real game here. You know, you corrupt the courts 
um, create a partisan Supreme Court, now you're in business. Oh, yeah, send them to fucking Rwanda, you know. It, you know what? The plebs love it. The knuckle draggers and the people who attack the cenotaph, they love it. Send the fucking black bastards out to Rwanda, you know. Send the fucking Asians back to Rwanda. Oh, I mean, you, you, did you see the hit that was on display? You can't, all of you. Yeah. You know, the absolute hit. Terrorist fuckers, man. Yeah, you, you terrorist cunt. Go on, keep going. Who are you, you cunt? And you know, and this is now what passes for a Tory government. You know, harnessing the worst elements of society to to champion uh, to champion laws and policies which are disgustingly inhumane. Well, I think on that bombshell, um, I'm going to just cut that. I don't use bombshell. <laughs> don't, you don't have to cut that. Well, it's, um, I did think. Can, uh, can I, you not say bombshell anymore? No, you can't say bombshell. I just didn't. Alan Part said. On that bombshell, okay. aha! Yeah, on that bombshell, yeah. it's on goodbye from me, Alan Partridge. It's a goodbye from you. I'm also. I wanted to ask you before you go that if you did, because uh, I I was struck, um, and I agree with what you said there. But the two <laughs> two aspects of it, so Ella Braverman, of course, was was sacked <laughs> then by Rishi Sunak, uh, and James Cleverly has come in. And the Tories had these little kind of posters all made up for all of them as if it was kind of transfer deadline day. And James Cleverly's slogan underneath his uh, caption was, we'll stop the boats, you know, we'll stop the boats. But then he had to deny, or he didn't deny, he was asked if he had privately referred to the Rwanda scheme as batshit. And so instead of providing safe routes, they'll let people drown. And that's what's been happening. They'll allow precious human yeah. beings to drown. Yeah. And they will they will revel in this. Um they will say, well, you know, it's it's a, it's their own fault and they shouldn't be coming here. And you know, we did offer to send them to Rwanda, one of the most grotesque sort of human rights offenders in the world. You know, why would they not <laughs> why would they not want to go to Rwanda or live in a barge? <laughs> live in a barge which is completely <laughs> which is completely saturated with Legionnaire's disease. What the hell is wrong with these people?
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.